Good morning and happy Sabbath. Father Mark here. We had a beautiful morning down here in Grand Isle at Our Lady of the Isle. And as I share the message with you that I shared with them, let me just first by acknowledging that many of us who are listening today are already pretty committed. If you're listening to a a podcast or a homily and you didn't go to Mass in Grand Isle, you're probably somebody who either went to Mass or you've got some pretty solid discernment around your decision not to go to Mass. And I can completely respect that. I know a lot of people, like my mom and dad, are choosing to to continue to quarantine at home even on the Sabbath. They're not going to Mass because of just a concern of their health. And I completely understand, love that, and I think that is good discernment. I know lots of families who've got little kids, and man, trying to put a mask on a little kid is kind of a ridiculous. And and I understand totally why we have to wear the mask, and I understand completely why people are not going to go to mass with little kids as long as you have to wear a mask. So I get it why a lot of people are not going to mass, and I, I want to support them in any way that I possibly can. Like I get it, and a lot of people have have asked me either through my blog or in conversation. Just like Mark, what's it going to take to get people back to mass after COVID, right? I think there's a concern from a lot of people, maybe you or maybe others that you know, that once COVID's over and, and quote unquote, people have to go back to mass, or are they? Have we lost them? And my response to them always is, well, we have to give them a reason to come back to mass, right? And I don't think obligation is going to work. I don't think that uh, the good old traditional language of you have to go to Mass as an obligation, and while I completely understand why we would say that, and I do understand that that is authentically true, I just don't think it's going to work. I don't think that that is going to be the answer for people. I think we have to give people a reason to come back to Mass. And so I'm going to share a message with you that I shared with the people down here in Grand Isle, and I think it's one of the reasons to come back to Mass. Maybe even now, if you can, but certainly as we consider the gift of of where we are. And so I'm going to really encourage you, if you don't already have the notes for this homily, to hit pause on this podcast and go to OurLadyOfTheIsle.com. One more time, that's the website for Our Lady of the Isle in Grand Isle, right? So OurLadyOfTheIsle.com or just Google Grand Isle Catholic Church and, and you'll find us there. OurLadyOfTheIsle.com. My notes are going to be with this message. If you go to our website, uh, find the, uh, the menu for daily posts, and you'll see that. So grab the notes for today and follow me along, because I think it's a reason to go back to Mass, right? And it's built around this question of, uh, of being fed, right? I know lots of people who have left the Catholic Church in general because they just weren't being fed, I myself have searched a lot in my life because I just I wasn't being fed, certainly in the ways that I wanted to be fed. I've got friends, family. I know that I know the question of the hunger and the search of the wanting to be fed, and sometimes the experience of feeling as if you're not being fed. And so when we look at the gospel today, uh, Matthew chapter 14, the multiplication of loaves and fish, I was kind of brought to that question about being fed. And the real question is this, is is whose responsibility is it to feed you? Is it yours? 
is it the priest or the preachers or is it God's? Because the answer to that question really drives not only the rest of this message, but the answer to that question perhaps even drives the search for the rest of your life. So let's jump right in together, right? So I started today by bringing us to Psalm 63, verse 2, right? And that's uh, that beautiful line from the Old Testament where the psalmist is, says this, I quote, O God, you are my God, for you I long, for you my body yearns. I love that line, right? Oh God, you are my God for you. I long for you. My body yearns. Every one of us was made by God for God. And when God made us, he made us to be hungry. He made us in such a way that we're supposed to want to be fed. In other words, when it comes to our spiritual life, of course, not our physical life as much, but our spiritual life, we're supposed to want to be fed because we are hungry. We were made hungry. We were made to be hungry. That's what the psalmist is saying. Like, I'm, I'm hungry, God. I want you. Of course, when we were made by God, uh, we, we were left with a God-sized appetite, you might say, in our earth-sized body. And we were, we're always going to long for God. Now, whether we know it or not, right? And that's the beauty of having some time like we're going to have today and that we, we had in church this morning where we're all just acknowledging what we're really hungry for. And in the Old Testament, where, where, which is what we just quoted, there's this beautiful image that kind of begins to form around a shepherd, which is really connected to, to being fed. But I'm going to get to that in a couple of seconds. I want to quote Psalm 23. It says that the Lord is my shepherd. And then eventually in verse 3, it says, he guides me along the right paths. The Lord is my shepherd and he guides me along the right paths. You see, a shepherd would guide the sheep along the right paths. And, and if you can paint this image with me, in the wilderness, where we're in, at this time, uh, David wrote Psalm 23 before he was king, and he was a shepherd before he was king. He spent lots of time in the wilderness, and he knew that you know every day there's movement of sheep all throughout the wilderness, and they begin to form these, these paths. So when you went into the wilderness, there were paths all over the place. And the shepherd had to know the right paths. Some of those paths would, would take you to danger. Some of those paths would take you to a desert. Some of those paths would take you to water. Some of those paths would take you to water and a place where the, the sheep could eat. Some of those paths might take you to, to danger. Some of those paths might take you to things that you could eat, but that would be harmful for the sheep, right? And sheep will eat anything. That's the thing, right? Sheep will eat anything in front of them, just kind of like humans when it comes to our spiritual life, right? So it's, it wasn't the responsibility of the sheep to figure out where to graze. It was the responsibility of the shepherd to lead the sheep, to feed the sheep, let me say that again. It was a responsibility of the shepherd to lead the sheep and to feed the sheep. It's the shepherd's job to feed the flock, not the lamb or the, the flock, the sheep. It's not their job to figure out what to eat. It's the shepherd's job to lead and to feed the sheep. And in the Old Testament, there is this image of God as a shepherd who's feeding his flock, right? Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11 says, like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs, right? So there's this image of a shepherd that begins to 
unfold in the Old Testament where God's the shepherd, Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd. Isaiah chapter 40, like a shepherd. And the shepherd's job is to feed the flock. So the question for us today is where in the Old Testament, before we go to the New Testament, where in the Old Testament does God actually feed the flock? Because we are talking spiritually, but there's this really important way that God fed them physically that's going to very much be connected to how he's going to feed us spiritually. And in the book of Exodus, chapter 16, um, God does something really awesome. And so let me kind of help unfold the story for you here. Uh, Exodus chapter 14, they cross the Red Sea. Exodus chapter 15, there's this big song that they just praise the Lord for helping them cross the Red Sea. And then Exodus 16, right, the next chapter, they're hungry. They're in the desert. They're like, oh, okay, we got to live here. And what are we going to eat? And I'm going to quote this with you. Again, go to the notes so that you don't get lost here. But it says in Exodus 16, verses 13 to 15, I quote, in the morning, there was a layer of dew all about the camp. And when the layer of dew evaporated, fine flakes were on the surface of the wilderness. Fine flakes like hoarfrost on the ground. On seeing it, the Israelites asked one another, what is this? For they did not know what it was. But Moses told them, it is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. End quote. So what happened is in the Old Testament, as they're wandering through the desert, God begins to feed them with this bread from heaven, literally, right? This miraculous bread that came down from heaven and it fed God's chosen people as a sign that he was going to take responsibility for leading his people and literally feeding his people. And so every morning they would go out and as the dew evaporated, there was these little bitty thin pieces of bread all throughout the, the camp. Those little bitty pieces of bread, right? Little bitty pieces of flat bread. They kind of look like all those little bitty pieces of bread that you see at mass that the priest uses or the Eucharistic minister uses to feed the people. Ah, in fact, there's this beautiful line uh, in the Eucharistic prayer number two, which is the one I use the most because of this line. And again, I'm going to quote, but I want you to imagine I'm behind the altar. I've, I've, I've already presented the gifts of bread and wine. We just did the holy, holy, and I'm, I'm standing behind the altar. And um, with my hands extended, I say, and I quote, you are holy indeed, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. And then I begin to move my hands downward, like as a sign of the Holy Spirit, coming down and I say make holy therefore these gifts we pray by sending down your Holy Spirit upon them like the dewfall now why do I say that well it goes back to Exodus chapter 16 right when God gave them this miraculous bread from heaven it's when the dew fell on the ground with that bread right that's why I say that prayer behind the, the altar now, that's the Old Testament, right? So, of course, we know we're in the New Testament with Jesus. And um, is, the question is, of course, is God still feeding us, right? And, of course, with Jesus, how does he feed us? Well, John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Right? So, Jesus just names it. So, in the Old Testament, there's this image of God as a shepherd. The shepherd's job is to lead and feed the sheep. Jesus comes on the scene and says, hey, I'm the good shepherd, 
And if he's a good shepherd, he's going to do three things. He's going to defend his flock, lead his flock, and feed his flock. So he says right there in John 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So Jesus is acknowledging the first thing, that he's going to protect the sheep. He's actually going to lay down his life for the sheep. But where does Jesus, as a shepherd, talk about feeding the flock, right? It's not the, the, the sheep's job to be, figure out how to be fed. It's the shepherd's job to lead and feed the flock. Well, that comes in the Gospel of John chapter 6. And, and I went there this morning with the congregation, and, and there's lots of notes there. So go with me to letter F, and what we're going to do in the notes is just walk through what we see in John chapter 6, right? Verse 35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. 48, he says, I am the bread of life. 51, he says, I am the living bread. Jesus can, like throughout the bread of life discourse, says that he is the bread, a living bread. This living bread that came down from heaven, right? He says this in verse 51. He says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Now, in the Old Testament, there was a bread that came down from heaven, and it's, and this one's better, right? That which is fulfilled in the New Testament is always greater than that which was foreshadowed in the Old Testament, right? So in the Old Testament, there was this bread that came down from heaven. Jesus says, I'm better than that, right? I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Now, what do you, what do, you do with bread, right? If the, sh- the sheep are going to be fed, right? And if the Old Testament, God's chosen people, they were fed, that means they ate the bread, So Jesus says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. One more time, right? Jesus says, I am the living bread, and you have to eat this bread. Well, what does that mean? That means we have to eat Jesus, right? He says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the world. Huh. It's a shepherd's job to feed the flock. And Jesus says, I'm going to feed you, and I'm going to feed you with me. Jesus says, I'm the living bread. So he's, he's saying there's a bread, a, a, a literal bread, that's come down from heaven. And if you eat that bread, you are consuming, receiving Jesus. And of course, in our Catholic tradition, we completely understand that that's the Eucharist, right? At every Mass, that bread is transformed into the very person, substance, flesh, and blood of Jesus Christ. Now, if that's new for you, then I would encourage you to, to learn a little bit more about that. And let me give you a great place where you can go. Dr. Brant Petrie has um, some wonderful teachings on the Eucharist. I would encourage you just to go there. And learn from him. Just Google Dr. Brant Petrie Eucharist and just tons of great stuff. But of course, that's what we believe, right? And of course, there's evidence in in John chapter 6 that there was no confusion about this. People often say, well, Jesus was talking about that symbolically. Well, Well, people back then didn't think that. No one who was following Jesus ever thought that when he said to, to eat the living bread, to eat his flesh, that he was talking symbolically. That, that's not in the Bible. John chapter 6, verse 60, 
It says this, many of his disciples who were listening said, this saying is hard. Who can accept it? There's nothing hard about accepting a teaching on a symbol. Like they knew he was talking about eating his flesh in a living bread. That's why they, they thought it was hard. And then in verse 66, it says, as a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. Right. Interestingly enough, that that right there is John chapter six, verse 66. Right. The only one of the lines in the scriptures where people struggle with the Eucharist, where it is six, six, six. So here we are. Jesus thinks this is so important. He actually looks at his own apostles and says, do you also want to leave? Right. Because this is a game changer. Jesus says, if you want to understand who I am, you have to understand what I'm talking about in John chapter 6. If you want to understand how I'm going to feed you, you have to understand John chapter 6. And of course, he's going to feed us through his apostles. He's going to feed us through the priesthood, right? Jesus, he died, he rose from the dead, he ascended. So how's he feeding people? Well, now John chapter 21 makes a lot more sense, right? John chapter 21, where he looked at Peter and said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes. And he said, what? Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Peter, you feed them with this living bread, which is my flesh. And of course, Peter eventually comes to understand that that is through the Eucharist. And so here's, here's the beauty of, of what happened today is we consecrated bread and wine and it was trans- transformed in the presence of Jesus Christ. And I'm not quite sure what any of us walked into mass expecting today, what you wanted, what were you were longing for, but the answer is Jesus. It's not a message only. It's not community only. It's, it's Jesus, right? And that's the beauty I just I shared with him this morning. I said, it doesn't matter who wears the clothes of a priest. It could be Father Mark. It could be Father Joe Chaco. I hope he's doing great, by the way. It could be uh, legendary pastors here like Father Carlos, Father Peter, Father Mike Tran, Father Chaz and all. Like, it doesn't matter really who's wearing the, the, the clothes of a priest because every one of those shepherds is supposed to be feeding the flock with Jesus, not themselves. So why would you want to go to Mass? Because you get Jesus, not just spiritually in a spiritual communion. No, you get him in your body. And I know that a lot of us may have found other things to do on Sunday, and I know that a lot of us may be concerned about our health, and I really get that. But we're all hungry, and we want to be fed. And and look, I'm going to say this with great love. So please, 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 please hear me. Watching Mass on TV ain't the same as receiving him in the flesh. And listening to a great message online on Sunday, it's not the same as receiving him in the flesh. Look, here's the thing. Jesus is the shepherd, and he's the one who determined how to feed us, not us. And if he's the one who said, I'm going to feed you in the Eucharist, well, then that's just how he designed us to be fed. Now, you can be fed with a great message, and you can be fed with great community, but you can't be fed in those ways the same way you're going to be fed in the Eucharist. And that's the reason to come back to Mass, because that's how Jesus just decided for us to be fed. 
It's not about obligation. It's about invitation. And so I just want to just pray for like me and my priesthood that I would always just get my mind right and clear. And I would just pray for every one of us that as we receive the Eucharist, that we would be transformed by the very person that we receive. And whenever you get to go back to Mass or whenever your friends get to go back to Mass, I just pray. I just pray that it's a that it's an experience and an encounter with God. We're all hungry, and it's a shepherd's job to lead and feed the flock. I ask that God bless you today, and I pray that your journey with him is filled with grace, especially as you receive the Eucharist. God bless you.